Hi, I'm Liz from Liz Gets Loaded. That's the money kind of loaded, but this is the show where I sit in my closet, drink wine, and talk about money and anxiety. I have both. Hello, hello. I haven't talked to you in a minute. I took two weeks off. Uh, not planned. Life just got really busy and I didn't have time. And I was really bummed about that. I hope you were like a little bummed about that. I was pretty bummed about it. But on the other hand, one of the things I always remind myself is that I actually do all of this for fun. And part of the reason it's so fun is that it's not a job and I'm not trying to make a living here. And I really just do this because I love it. And there is no obligation other than the one that I sometimes make up in my head. So what I have today, I want to talk about my house and how I'm planning on selling it at some point. (laughs) One of the most common questions that I get when I talk about net worth and financial independence and retiring early is, do you count your house when you're thinking of your net worth, right? Like, do you consider mortgage debt? Do you think the equity in your house is part of your fire number, like the number that you need to reach financial independence and potentially early retirement? And some people do and some people don't. And so I wanted to talk about what I do and the way I think about it. So a little bit of background in case you haven't heard me say this already. I used to live in a smaller and more modest home. And when I lived in that smaller and more modest home, I saved a lot of money. (laughs) I had a monthly savings rate that was easily over 50% every month. And I have a whole episode about how I calculate my savings rate, but meaning of my after-tax money coming in, I was saving and investing more than half of it, which felt really good. But in early pandemic days, I started thinking that I wanted a little bit more space. And then the year before last, I ended up going to see a house kind of on a whim and then falling in love with said house. (laughs) And we made an offer that we kind of didn't think would be accepted. And then it was. And then all of a sudden we had a much larger, much more expensive home. And all of a sudden I was not saving 50% of my income every month, which I have some feelings about. So we moved into this new house and uh, accepted this new mortgage as a part of our lives. It's it's rather high. I choose not to share the actual number, but I mean, it's almost twice as much as what I was paying as what we were paying before. And the thing about it though, is that I decided when I moved in that this was not a forever home. It is the right home for this stage of life. So you have to remember, put yourself in the back in the time machine. This was 2021 and vaccines were just becoming available. So we kind of thought that like, maybe there was a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And then of course things went uh, a little bit more sideways before they stabilized. But for this moment, having two home offices is great and paying a lot more money to have two home offices and enough room to have a home gym, enough room to have really nice outdoor space to not only just hang out in ourselves, but to be able to entertain outdoors again in, in 2021 as, as vaccines were just rolling out and I wasn't feeling hundred percent trusting of them. And then as they uh, their effectiveness waned waned a bit with new variants. It felt really nice to be able to have friends over, have enough room to to hang out outside, and that was something that was really good for my mental health. But when I think about retiring, this house is too big. I'm not going to need two home offices plus a home gym, <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to want to be involved in as much maintenance as this house involves. You've all heard me talk about 
getting the bats removed from the attic. Hopefully that was a one-time thing, but there it's an older house and there's roofing and plumbing and electrical and landscaping and painting and just a lot of work that one, I don't think I'm going to be especially interested in keeping up with an early retirement. And also just from a more practical standpoint, it introduces a lot of uncertainty in the total expenses. Our first two years of living here each year, we've spent more than $10,000 on home maintenance. And it's just hard. Some of that you can predict, but it's hard to know what's coming. So I plan to downsize. I would love like a lot of retirees (laughs) to live like in a condo by the beach, right? Maybe Florida, not Florida, but somewhere warm, somewhere lovely, somewhere low maintenance, somewhere walkable, somewhere, again, condo, townhouse, something that has a lot less maintenance would be ideal. And so the plan to downsize for me kind of means two things. So one, I'm planning on getting a chunk of equity when we move and I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know what the housing market is going to do in the next couple of years, but I do expect to have a couple hundred thousand dollars in equity in this house when we move out and sell it. I don't think that we would rent it one, because that doesn't take us away from all of the maintenance that I was talking about. And two, I I just don't think it would make for a great rental for a couple of reasons, but so I'm planning on selling it. I'm planning on us selling it when we move out, taking that equity and either using it to purchase something smaller or as a like very significant down payment on purchasing a smaller home to live in, or just taking that equity, putting it into the market and adding that to the money that we have available in early retirement. So let's just say to make the math easy, that this would be pretty optimistic, but let's say we walked away with $400,000 after we sold it. Again, I think that's (laughs) overly optimistic, but just to make the math easy, that means that if we were following the 4% rule, we would have an additional $16,000 to spend every year or another $1,300 that we could spend every month. So that $1,300 could go towards renting something that 400 K could go as a down payment on a house or to buy something outright, depending on where we wanted to live. And so that's something I think about. I don't know where I'm going to want to live in early retirement. I imagine it could go a lot of different ways. I might retire first, and then we might have a few years where one of us is working and one isn't, in which case we'd probably stay put maybe in the house, but maybe at least like same neighborhood, same city, or when we're both retired, we might take a year or two just to do some slow travel, a month or two in different countries, just traveling around the world, getting an eye, a feel for places we might want to retire long-term or just enjoying the ability to slow travel. So we might end up renting an early retirement. We might end up buying something outright that we want to live in. We might end up traveling. It's really hard to know, but I think knowing that I'm planning on selling this house and that we're going to have that equity makes it just changes plans, right? And so this was like a very, very long way to (laughs) say that yes, I do count that when I'm calculating our net worth or our fire number or our work optional number or whatever you want to call it. I count that equity because I'm planning on using it for something else. On the other hand, if you live in your house and you're planning on living in your house for the rest of your life as as far as you can foresee, I don't think it makes as much sense to include that equity in your net worth or your fire number or your work optional number because you can't spend it. 
a paid off house is great. There are all kinds of benefits to it, but it doesn't give you any kind of monthly cash flow that you can use to live your life. So, uh, and as a side note, like as long as I'm here and I'm talking about mortgages, our mortgage is fantastic. (laughs) We bought in 2021. So our interest rate is below 3%. And I am in absolutely no rush to pay that off. I know that's the perennial question, pay off your mortgage or invest more. And, oh, it's so tempting to pay down that mortgage because it's so satisfying to see the total debt number go down, but I just can't bring myself to do it math-wise. The stock market returns on average, inflation-adjusted returns of around 7%, and paying off your mortgage only gets you returns of whatever interest rate you have on your mortgage. So if you have a 3% interest rate and you have the choice between paying off your mortgage or putting it into the market in the long term excuse me, in the long run, you're probably a lot better off putting it in the market. Obviously, this is not financial advice. This is just me talking about my life, but you know, I got to say that. All right. That's how I feel about my house. If you have thoughts, questions, if you have the same plan, if you have a different plan, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, let me know. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you later. If you enjoyed today's episode, you have a couple options. You could just enjoy that satisfaction quietly and privately. Keep it to yourself. But, and just an idea, you could also share this with someone else who you think would like it. Just a thought, you do you. 